0: to an episode of the make it fire podcast
1: welcoming you on this journey are your hosts bianca dukeshire and madeline munford
0: hello, hello. <laughs> welcome back guys <laughs> <laughs> <I'm trying> to, <laughs> i was like are you okay i'm trying to hear the sound oh, okay it's really quick
1: All right, but it's fine testing but one you two speaking while i was well out, i was so wondering like, what you're doing
0: six and a half hours later. Okay, I'm well. Emerging. What? <laughs> I said
1: I'm emerging. Slowly but surely. I'm a beautiful butterfly. Yes.
0: Which actually has to do with this episode because oh, we're talking caterpillar, about caterpillar, yeah. caterpillars. Color ah. Well, a caterpillar turns into a what? It's like the journey of that. You know? Yeah, I guess that. So we're talking about
1: childhood
0: and nostalgia shaped us nostalgia yeah talking
1: about hannah montana probably oh yes i love that (laughs) (laughs) hannah montana more about that always
0: what was your favorite show on the disney channel i think you already know it's hannah montana for sure Mm -hmm. but I'll try and, like, expand a little. Definitely definitely things like Kim Possible. Oh, my God. We love an empowering just woman figure. We love an empowering redhead with a naked mole Yeah, you probably are like, yes, (laughs) 10 out of 10. Yeah, I loved her so much. Yeah. I think I just liked a lot of the ones where there was this strong female lead character. Because I do think that's, like, consistent with a lot of the shows that I was watching. Especially with Disney Channel movies and stuff like that, you oh, know. Oh yeah, yeah. Stuck in the suburbs. I was just thinking that it's like you read my mind. That's so funny. That's yeah. such a good one. Yeah. With Jordan Cahill. Yeah, I was obsessed <laughs> with that one because I wanted a cell phone. Oh yeah. So like who that, didn't? <laughs> that somehow made me like. I wanted it. that razor, the pink razor phone, so badly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. my God. Right. Right. Yeah, TBT, guys, to the good old days, the golden days. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I think my favorite shows were That's So Raven. Oh, we love that show. Yeah. So We 101.
0: Oh, okay, that's a good one. That was on
1: Nickelodeon, but that was my favorite show. I love that. Because it was legitimately good. Like, I knew it was good because my dad would watch it with me. It's so good. And he was like, this is the
0: only show where the girls are smart in it and I approve. They would and do sometimes like, oh. some some dumb stuff, but it was, yeah, it was overall very smart. Yeah. I liked the writing. It was good. It was really good. Do you remember the JetX episode? That's my favorite episode, I watched actually. all of them, but I don't know if I remember a single one. They did, like, a filming competition in their classes, and they all got oh. the scooters, and they all did, like, yeah. the pretend ads. <laughs> I love the scooter ones. JetX, and they said it, like, five times in their ad. Yeah. It was so funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was such a good show. And so good. Um, I liked Sweet Life of Zach and Cartier so much. Like when they were in the hotel and then kind of when they were on the ship, I stopped watching though, but that was and Hannah Montana. Like, do you remember those were my OGs? The Proud
0: Family. Um, I actually
1: still watch that right now, so
0: I definitely
1: <laughs> watched that. I was less about cartoon shows than oh, I was, than more I about, was about the people shows. And then I got into like adult cartoons, like um yeah. The Simpsons, Rick and Morty, Park. Rick and Morty was like, Bob's Burgers, Bob's Burgers <laughs> was much later for yeah, me as well. Yeah, that's a good one. But I yeah. think
0: I just, I liked getting up really early to watch these cartoons they were always on like uh totally spies I would get up so early and watch that or like after school or if I was sick I would get so excited to watch these shows
1: we (laughs) would always have two hour delays instead of snow days because I lived in um a small town in Connecticut and they had uh snow plows so they were able to like take care of the snow and not be dysfunctional whenever there was snow so okay. I would wake up to snow and be like oh my god snow day and then just get a two-hour delay yeah and I would spend that two-hour delay watching like
0: tons of Disney Channel stuff. oh I love it yeah. yeah any day off I had I would just do that which is probably not the best idea but you know what I'm fine so yeah. it all turned out okay
1: <laughs> also when High School Musical came out the very next day like, this was how all of us communicated. Because yeah. we didn't have cell phones in my town, like, in... I'm talking about maybe when I was 11 or 12 or something. Mm-hmm. and Or maybe even 10. I'm not sure. But it might have been 10. I'm trying to figure out which school building I was in when this happened. But I, I came to remember. school the next day. And everyone was singing the songs and talking about the show yeah. or the
0: movie. Yeah. And I was like, I mean... It was a culture. It really was. If you didn't watch the latest episode of Hannah Montana, like, were you even involved in the conversation? Yeah, true. (laughs) You know, you had to keep up with it, I think, for sure. Also, we would dress like them and stuff like that, you know? Like, it would be, on this day, we're going to wear this and stuff like that. Yeah. In middle school, especially.
1: Yeah, and I feel like we didn't have, like, I mean, either we didn't have our own computers or YouTube and stuff wasn't as much of a thing, but we were so hyper-focused on Disney Channel or Nickelodeon, yeah Nickelodeon, that there was almost no competition for our attention. No, like that that channel raised me.
0: Yeah, it was oh crazy. yeah, definitely. Actually, yeah, you're right. Thinking back, the only other things were like every now and then PBS or something like that. But even uh, that, yeah. no. I kind of grew like when I was no. a little kid and watched Sesame Street. I think yeah. that's on PBS. Yeah, I think so too. But we were solely usually doing. Disney. It was all Disney. All the time. Yeah. Nickelodeon sometimes, but mostly. Oh, like Rocket Power. I just remember that. (laughs) I remember Disney Channel was more adult.
1: Like, my parents didn't really... They weren't crazy about me watching it at first. Yeah. Because I started watching it through a friend that stayed with us. And her parents obviously let her watch it more because she had older siblings. Mm -hmm. But they were nervous about it because they felt like women were sexualized in it. Like, the girls, the young girls, like, Hannah Montana would wear, like, little tops that would, um, get tied up even though she had a top underneath and, like, um... There would be all these different, like oh my god, Degrassi. I wasn't allowed to watch that, and then when I finally yeah. watched it in middle school, I couldn't watch it because
0: yeah. it stressed me out so 90210, much. Nine hundred two one zero, Gossip Girl. I started watching Gossip way Girl? too early. <laughs> oh my god, like the the thirty two year old adults who are playing
1: fifteen year olds definitely made me like have so a bad. warped like position
0: of how I would be at as totally. 15
1: how I would be as 25
0: yeah you know I think I didn't pay attention to their age for that reason because I was always saying like oh should I look more like that or something you know and I never actually found out their real age until yeah. now I feel like now I'm research and I'm like uh, what Jackson was how old in Hannah Montana <laughs> yeah he was like 32 yeah exactly exactly that's and that's crazy. just I mean not good okay. for
1: him. I mean that's fine like You don't need actual 15-year-olds playing 15-year-olds. I get it. There's, like, a minor But she was, like, 12
0: also. Yeah, she was was 12.
1: She was probably overworked a bit. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. When you're a young kid, all the influences and you just think it's real. Like, I thought Gossip Girl was real. And my mom said to me, like, teenagers, nobody talks like this. No. Like, not
0: even adults. Especially because I was a girl in Hawaii watching this in New York. Like... So, polar opposite yeah. of where I was growing up, you know. So, that it was like...
1: show is just a big commercial for Starbucks, to be honest. Like, every time I watched it, I wanted like a nice, warm, like Starbucks, I think it was always with, like, Starbucks, the fall and like, yeah, their preppy designer clothes. Yeah, I wanted to be like lively, but also, like fashion I saw that in high school, so somehow I saw that way later. Even though it was a thing when I was young, I was yeah, I was watching
0: it on DVD. Oh my god! <laughs> I got I got the first season way too early, I think. And I remember going to my dad's office, and he had mm-hmm. all these really nice computers, you know, like the Macs and stuff. So I put mm-hmm. it in. And I started watching it, and like every now and then, my dad would pass by just to check on me and stuff. And he would see the worst scene. Like they would be happened. having sex or something, yeah. you know, on the bar, because that happened yeah. with Serena. And like all of a sudden, he'd be like, What are you watching? This is not okay. Oh my I'm, god, like, <laughs> me stressed and, out. <laughs> me in
1: middle school, I would go to my friend Shayla's house, and for some reason, this really happened at her place because always um, my parents would always check on my sleepovers, but it would be like they couldn't see the TV, they would just check in yeah and then other friends houses they maybe didn't check in as much but shayla's mom was super like attentive and she would um she was super nice and she would come downstairs and like look over and see us like see the tv and she'd be like how's it going are you guys good we're gonna go to sleep are you like comfortable and like good night but she would always come when like the worst The parts. worst parts. Yeah. And, uh, we were watching, like, Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging once. Okay. And she came downstairs, and it's such a kid's movie. Like, yeah. Like, it's not inappropriate or anything. But, and we were maybe 12 or 13. Yeah. Like, but, like, she came in during the, like, makeout,
0: the one makeout scene, and we were also just awkward kids. So yeah. we were like, ah! I you feel so awkward because it's like this authority figure is watching what you're watching and you're suddenly so like oh my god what are they thinking what are what are they yeah, do they think I'm doing this, this? Yeah. I don't even
1: know what this is I swear and
0: suddenly you feel like you have to explain yourself when in reality I don't know what they're thinking yeah, at all and I always used to be a little nervous of like oh am I am I the
1: bad influence yeah. or because that's it's what me. parents always tell you what they think well, my parents didn't do this so much, but I know other people's parents did this when I grew up, was like, oh, I don't really like you hanging out with her. She's a bad influence or she's a this influence, right.
0: And it's like, we're all kids. They all have that like a... so toxic. They always have an opinion. You're right. My yeah. dad, I don't think he ever said like, don't hang out with this person, but he did like, he said things about certain friends. Like, oh, I really like that friend. Like really emphasizing it. And then just being yeah. like huh, she's an interesting one to that friend. And I'd be like, I clearly know what you're what you're saying here, but I'm going to disregard everything yeah, you said. you know? Mean,
1: my parents, when I grew up, they would actually get to know my friends. So yeah. they never had, they never judged anyone or said, oh, that's a bad influence, stay away from her or mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like they always, because my mom would drive us around, like she had the luxury of staying at home when I was like fully growing up and like then she went back to work in high school but yeah so I got to spend a lot of time like with friends where she'd drive us around and she would get to know them and so she'd like forget everyone's names and mix them up but she never like dehumanized anyone whereas I would have best friends who would have a mutual friend with us and just one day say my mom doesn't allow me to hang out with her anymore and I'd be like that's the meanest thing ever Yeah, because like this is we're kids and you don't think of yourself as a kid when you're a kid so you don't think that way but I specifically remember my other friend's mom they had a bunch of step-siblings situation and living situation and one of the step-siblings was a little bit like Troubled in this moment. She was going through a lot and she just wanted to live with them and it was this Mm. big Kind of drama, but the mom was always like I'm understanding. It's not her fault. She's a kid She's 13 years old exactly so I was like what 13 years old because she was older than me I thought she was like had it all together at 13 and then there's this adult saying well, I'm not going to let this person talk about my kid that way. She's 13, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow, we're
0: young, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think we had a lot of pressure on our generation growing up because we were, you know... I feel like the older generations were trying to be so different from their older generations, and so we had, like, a lot of societal pressures on Mm -hmm. us, being, like, the experimental generation, too. Yeah, that actually brings up a question for me, Mm -hmm. for you. Um, When
1: you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up, but also... What would influence your mind on that? Like, what would change your mind? And when teachers mm-hmm. would ask you what you want to be, how would you change your answer? How would you go about that? Or did you always
0: stick to one thing? Oh, that's a good point, actually, with the teacher's part, too. Mm-hmm. Everyone always had an opinion when they asked oh, you. Yeah. They would always be like, oh, I have something to say about what you just said. Yeah, because they're know? not
1: even asking for you. They're asking for, for them. themselves. And I don't yeah. even understand that It's yet, so weird. Because yeah. I would
0: never ask a little kid that. No, same. Sometimes I do it as like a joke, like, oh, princess or whatever you want to be, you know, make it like funny and fun. Mm-hmm. But that's the only thing that I would say. I wanted to be an actress since I was like eight yeah. slash singer. Me too. And when I told like my family members, I always got kind of some sort of pushback. When I told my teachers, they were always like, huh, that's, that's hard to do it but I mean good luck you know stuff like that and like yeah. I think over time all of these little comments just kind of created like this sense of panic in the back of my mind and to the point where I was applying for colleges right out of high school to go to theater school I was gonna make it happen I had gone on auditions like my whole life pretty much gone to theater camp I had all the experience but then I just kind of said no I'm gonna do a complete 180 and actually completely changed my career path so it's just interesting how it it wasn't necessarily because of those comments but it didn't help how I was like viewing the whole situation you know
1: it's interesting to me that you stuck to one thing your whole
0: like childhood up to college like yeah I wanted to impressive
1: yeah I wanted to do other
0: things but I always ended up like saying in the back of my mind, Well you could play that Yeah. <laughs> as an actress And so I think that was the the initial
1: yeah. I think underlying that's thing. the thing for me too because I what would change my mind about careers because I always wanted to be an actor and like as a kid, actress, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um obviously I've already mentioned this where my grandma asked me like what do you want to be? And I said yeah. an actor and that she didn't take it seriously and like that was the first moment that like it hard and then I was doing these plays in that town that I was growing up in the small town and every year I would do one big play and we'd rehearse all year and I loved it and I was like growing in the system because they would have you play bigger roles each time as you keep going yeah yeah and it was like one of the best memories of my childhood I feel like and just my growing up and I still think about it like probably every day Mm. um just that place like it'll come up in my brain at some point yeah and um and I think it was an expensive program to do so I get it like my mom was checking in and trying to see like are you really committed to this because the other kids were literally like all in they were all in in a really obnoxious way like this is my life blah 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 but they all had siblings they all had like parents that would travel around and were really successful and like not I guess not pay attention as much to them so maybe it was more of a daycare situation for them and for me it was always like my passion but I had so much fun and I was always in the moment there yeah and my mom I think was just trying to gauge whether it was just like a fun thing or whether Mm -hmm. it was like whether I could just I don't know what she was doing she wasn't doing anything she was just checking in and the thing that she said was like oh well these people it's like their life like they are theater people right and I'm not really a theater person I'm more of a movie person so and just acting in general and i would love to do theater i think Broadway's amazing it's so much fun to do theater i love theater yeah like i love even watching it like it's just such a privilege to be part of it in any way yeah. but like as a kid i wasn't that like open with i wasn't in competition with anyone because i was an only child so i wasn't always vocal about like i'm super passionate about this this defines me i was yeah. just like a, i was always just a kid
0: yeah um, which I so, think is important like you should be like that but some yeah. might have it drilled into them or something you yeah. know
1: like I never had this because also my parents never pressured me to like know what I wanted to do mm-hmm. but at the same time that like I never really felt like I had to be vocal about like this is what I want to do I have to choose something this yeah. is my passion. labeling this yourself is what I want it. to do it's like I just, was i let it go because i kind of thought oh well i guess like this is an adult who knows better if i'm not like the way these obnoxious kids are then maybe i'm not right for theater or something so i just mm-hmm. I, I kind of they heard don't. the um, i heard it loud and clear the message was like should you be doing this it's expensive it's a lot of commitment are you really into it yeah because i also I was getting bigger roles with more lines, and I wouldn't practice the lines every single day like these kids would, but I had kind of a talent for it because we would rehearse every day. So I already was learning it so much, and I was super into it. Mm-hmm. But I would go home and rest, and then, like, I would be learning my lines and doing it naturally and, like, kind of improvising a little mm-hmm. bit my mm-hmm. lines. So it was coming natural to me, and it was how I went about my like technique with it and so i would still be looking at my book like i was off book but i also was still looking at it like right before the scene and so i bet my mom was just like she's not drilling this into her head every day maybe another parent talked to her about it and put doubts in her mind like you never know Mm -hmm. where these thoughts are coming from with people but i kind of abandoned the acting thing sort of young but then I I kept getting back into it like I got an agent again in like right before middle school and Mm -hmm. then we went on auditions and that was a whole other nightmare and then it would come up again because high school plays and everything so it's always been in my life but in the meantime of not thinking it's a real career because everyone else kind of puts doubts in your brain I right. thought of like being a fashion designer and then in high school everyone was like oh well my dad's an engineer I'm
0: gonna do engineering you should like you're not you're never so gonna make
1: any money yeah a so. lot of people
0: have that kind of mindset like what makes money and yeah. stuff like that was a lot of people and I would just be like I'm going to go be an actress and try to make money or be a writer and try to make money. (laughs) Yeah, I want to
1: be a writer. I mean, that's the thing. I never touched writing in my brain. Like, I knew, okay, I'm always going to be a writer. I'm always going to be a musician. Um, No one can really take that away from me, even if I'm not making money with it. Like, it's always going to be a thing. And I think that's the same with acting. Like, I'm always going to be an actor as well. And a lot of times I would watch shows, like, if I watched Suits, I would want to be a
0: lawyer. And then if I watched Grey's Anatomy, I would want to be That's a That's an surgeon. actor thing, I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I had that basically my whole life. I would watch Bones with my dad when I was oh. younger, and I wanted to be a forensic anthropologist mm, me for a while. Me too. Which is why I say, no matter what phase I went into, I always said, well, I could be an actress for that. I could play a role for that. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm realizing I did that as well. Yeah.
1: It's an actor thing. When I got to college, and it was like, well, study kind of not a trade, but study something that makes money. Essentially, like put a yeah. put a meaning to your um, expensive degree. I chose advertising because it is still t- storytelling, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily the kind of storytelling that I find necessarily life changing or meaningful. <laughs>
0: Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Make It Fire podcast.
1: If you're enjoying this journey, please remember to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and make sure to follow us at Make It Fire podcast on Instagram.
0: What do you feel were some of like the, I guess, stereotypes of where you grew up and like when you tell people as you travel where you're from, what do people think? So... I was born in New York so when I
1: tell people I'm from New York it's well I always tell people I'm from Texas because yeah. I'm recently from Texas but I'm originally from New York and I'll always be a New Yorker and yeah even though I think my personality is more New York
0: but you say Texas
1: <laughs> I know I know I do but I always tell people like I basically don't know where I'm from because if I get to know them, then I go through the list and then they're like, well, it feels like when I hang out with you, I feel like I'm in New York, blah, blah, blah. But with Texas, people are very like, either they think it's a desert and they think like people go, how do y'all? And like, yep, I can see that. All those things, all the stereotypes, or they just think, oh, Austin, I know Austin and they have no stereotypes and they actually know the place. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually kind of pleasantly surprised about that. Whereas I have a friend from Kentucky and here in Paris, when she tells people that she's from there, sometimes they don't know what Kentucky is. And I'm like, that's a pretty
0: famous state. But I could see them just directly making Kentucky fried chicken and being like, maybe that is where that's... Yeah, that's all I think of because that's global. It's everywhere. It's in Asia, it's here. Yeah, it's true. What about you with Hawaii? What do people assume about you? So when I was younger, because I started traveling... Like on my own when I was like six, I was an unaccompanied minor. I would make like unaccompanied minor friends, and I would be like, "Oh, I'm from Hawaii," and they'd all be like, "Wow, like SpongeBob," and stuff so, <laughs> you know, which I love that comparison. I also love when people think that I'm like super chill and stuff. As like a, they automatically put me in that category of that kind of vibe, which is cool. I I don't mind it, so it's yeah. fine. But it's when people ask weird questions, like uh, they just think I'm solely an island girl and they just think I, I walk around in the sand all the time. Or one time in undergrad, I got a question from a girl who I was going through sorority rush and this girl asked me, do you go to school in a canoe? And I was just, I was in awe. <laughs> Yeah. So no, I do not do that. Just did you to clarify. that?
1: Like, did you answer that jokingly or how did you keep your composure? Well,
0: I had talked to five other girls that day because yeah. in rush, it's like exhausting. Yeah, like I, I was just, I was drained That's that insane. day. So by the end of this day, this girl asked me and I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, no. And then I changed the subject. I remember that. I just kind of talked about whatever I wanted to talk about because I, I knew I didn't want to be at that sorority anyway. So yeah. Yeah just weird vibes from the people that I talk to so that's weird how I knew vibes. weird vibes we don't do that Yeah. <laughs> so yeah some of the stereotypes I'm okay with but I just think it's interesting being from Hawaii everyone they either say do you surf or what are you doing here <laughs> Oh, I mean, that's Those kind of are the cute, two though, most it's common. true. It's like, yeah. what are you, like, if you're from paradise, what are you doing here? Exactly. Yeah. But I just hear it so often that I just laugh to myself every time I meet someone new and they say that, you know? Because yeah, so. they want to go there. That's what Yeah, that exactly. Means. Yeah. And no matter where I am in the world, that's the same reaction, which is hilarious to me. That's no matter funny. what culture, no matter like who you're talking to, man or woman, they all ask mm-hmm. those things. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. Did you out of school in a canoe? Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, where
1: did you read that? What planet are you from? I know, honestly. Oh, God. I worry uh, about that area now. <laughs> yeah. So how did you think you would be at 25 Like, what did you think your life would look like when you were a
0: five-year-old? Like, when you pictured yourself as a 25-year-old? I thought I would be an actress. I definitely thought that. I thought I would also be married, which terrifies me that I thought that. Um, Because I am not nowhere near ready for that. I just got used to myself, you know? I'm not even ready to date, I feel like. (laughs) So, I just... um, I think it's interesting how we have this certain connotation of how, like, our... our life should span out and I think society plays a role in that obviously but over time you kind of realize yeah no everyone's different everyone grows differently especially as travelers I feel like we have so much that we still want to do in this life that we're yeah. like let's push that back a little yeah, <laughs> you know for sure so I definitely thought I'd be married I thought I would have two kids which is also hilarious no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I definitely I've always kind of I think it's the Disney aspect where I kind of thought like, oh, this is a dream life. Like, this is what I want. And it put yeah. it on a pedestal, which society, hey, you uh-huh. did that on purpose <laughs> for sure. But it definitely worked on me when I was younger. I think as I got older, though, I was like, yeah, no, that's just an alternate reality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about you?
1: Um, well, when I pictured being 23... Uh, As a really little kid, I honestly never pictured it. Like, to be honest, I would think of myself, I would think of 15 as being like the cool
0: age. The one where
1: everyone has their stuff together. Um, They know what they're doing. They're confident. So like when I turned 15, I was like, yes, I'm finally here. And I really like lived super confidently and like tried to
0: fulfill all of that for myself and then since 15 I've just been exploring every new year like as it comes what about 21 because I feel like everyone has like oh 21 is the year I feel like I don't even remember 21 just because I was like (laughs)
1: yeah taking full advantage of that (laughs) year but then that actually kind of taught me something because yeah like in the States, not everyone waits until they're 21 to oh, no. drink. No. Yet we
0: still celebrate the 21. Th- I think that's so interesting. So we drink before everyone does it. It's a thing. But then when you turn 21, you still celebrate because yeah. it's an excuse to celebrate.
1: Yeah, but then you kind of go too hard because now you're allowed in places for yeah. real. You want to get banned and the
0: night of pretty much.
1: Yeah, and so it actually made me feel like, okay, I've now drank enough. I don't need to do it. For the rest of my life I'm done. And I that didn't hit me for another year and now I'm twenty three and I don't drink at all. So I was like the day after?
0: Is that no, when you decided?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I feel like Bye. I lived twenty one, I had a great time. Yeah. But I just I got sick of like meeting people for the first time over and over again. Mm. You know, I wanted to have like real connections with yeah, people. Yeah, that makes sense. What about comparing France to America? Okay, so with my teaching job, which just ended, even though it seems like they'll never leave me alone. <laughs> um, but because it ended quite badly, the teachers are pretty petty and like, yeah,
0: just drama. Yeah, drama, I don't drama. None
1: of them enjoy what they're doing. So that's really annoying because I'd always come back from two week vacation because every six weeks here, French kids get like two weeks off and mm-hmm. their teachers as well. So the teachers get a ton of vacation time. Do you think that's good for like the kids too? The I two think weeks? it's yeah. good. Because it yeah, they also like in primary school, they don't have Wednesdays. Oh yeah, that's so right. It's just when I was babysitting, Thursday, Friday, they would do golf and stuff, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I actually think not having that much school for a young kid is good because yeah. they spend more time at home. I remember as a kid, I always used to draw and like do activities, and yeah. I liked being with my family, and so. It makes more sense to give the family more vacation time to hang with their kids yeah for sure um also because the teachers don't want to do their job and they just discipline them all day and yell at them and it feels like are they even learning anything because yeah. they're so afraid to fail they won't even play a game with me because i tried mm-hmm. to play seven up with them and i tried to play memory games with them and i tried to play categories and I never I wasn't like a real teacher doing grades so I never ever even put them in a position where they had to do something correctly I would always just guide them to the right answer or whatever but I never discipline wasn't part of my job so I was supposed to get a teacher if I had a problem so I wasn't even ever going to yell at them and they just that the schools here make the kids either not care at all and be rebellious or be too afraid to fail that they can't even play a game. Mm-hmm. And so, if I asked them to, like, oh, okay, your turn, and try to get them all to speak, they liked that a lot better than just me lecturing, obviously. But yeah. sometimes I would say, okay, your turn, like, who do you think tapped your shoulder? Yeah. And she'd be like, well, how do I know who tapped my shoulder? Like she wouldn't be like able logically, to just guess yeah, like yeah. really logically,
0: because she thought I was trying to make her fail the like test set her up to or something. Fail. I feel like yeah. some schools I've heard at least like in New York area and stuff, I've heard a lot of like the pressure of society's pressure where you can't fail. But then I think the teachers in America are just they make it a little easier so like they're yeah. not all the same, obviously, like you get a few bad ones. Usually, my math teacher was like not it. Yeah. But, like, for the most part, you have a few, at least, that help you grow. Yeah. Whereas, I, from what I'm hearing from you a lot and from other people, too, it's not really, that's not a thing here.
1: Yeah, no. In America, I mean, I don't really remember how I was taught in school, almost, because I didn't have anything to compare it to and I was mm-hmm. fine with it. Like, obviously, teachers would yell if they felt like they weren't being listened to or whatever, but they weren't yelling at me, like, screaming at me for bad pronunciation. No. You know, they'd just be like, oh, like, blah, blah, blah. And there was a lot of group work, so I was working with my peers a lot, I remember. And, like, the teachers were friends or they were just teachers. Yeah. And if you had a problem with a teacher, I would always tell my parents and then they'd be like like trying to coach me on like this is how you deal with this or if it was a major issue they would have brought it up with the teacher so i feel like in france there's more power to the teacher to just scold the kids however they want and the parent is gonna agree with it because they're like well you need to be disciplined and your teacher knows best, kid. Yeah, you know, and they don't necessarily trust the kid's autonomy. No. Whereas I feel like in America, parents are going to sue. You're not, Oh, for like, sure. Like you can't just... A little too much, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like in America, you can't even give a kid Benadryl no. without a parent's opinion. Nothing. Yeah. Which I agree with because yeah. they can't consent to any of it. But we don't know
0: also. Yeah. For sure.
1: Whereas in France... I was there and they just like yelled at two kids that I was teaching individually to come fill out their COVID papers so they could get a COVID test mm-hmm. that was just like, the teachers didn't even know that this was going to happen, but the government controls the schools and wow. like the schools just do what they want with the kids. And, and no like, parental oh, consent for yeah. getting swabbed I'm and like, stuff. If, yeah. Well, if the teachers don't know about it, the parents definitely yeah. don't know. I'm like, okay, it's fine. Test whoever you want. But the kids can't
0: consent. And I find that
1: disturbing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I agree with
0: that. I think I also, from what I remember in school, at least this is what Hawaii is, like, there was always, like, these really creative, like, they're trying to help you grow type teachers. And Mm -hmm. I remember that really affecting me, actually. Like, I really looked to some of my teachers. There was one who really, she was my English teacher, in middle school I think sixth grade and I remember she really like affected how I thought she really made me believe that I could do anything that I wanted to be actually she was yeah. the first time I ever thought that journalism could be an option for me because she loved how I wrote yeah and that to this day I still remember and I don't feel like these kids have that option here which is yeah. sad Yeah. I
1: actually remember with writing I had such a hard time with reading and writing and I have an even harder time with writing and like communicating that writing is such a huge thing for me now and teachers always like spent extra time with me, encouraged me. I agree with you because in high school and middle school I would have teachers that would really have an impact on me and then mm-hmm. I would have that one teacher that's just always in a bad mood or whatever but yeah it wouldn't be my problem. Yeah you know because you're whereas, like well it's not my
0: thing so it's fine. <laughs>
1: yeah whereas here it's like They all, all the teachers are not passionate about what they're doing. Wow. Like, they're just basically there to scream at the kids. And I also feel like in middle school, I had a lot of, like, social, like, friendships that were close, friendships that were dramatic. I had time to have all these dramas. Yeah. Whereas these kids in French schools, it's like in the hallways, they get yelled at for talking. So wow. they have a lot less like private time and there's not, um, there's recess, but like it's not the same where they have musical plays like musicals and plays they can do and soccer. And there's tons of these organizations that they do at school. They just really go to school and then go home. That's you know? really sad. Yeah. Whereas other kids, when I grew up, you could, if you had a bad home life, you could make your own great life at the school, yeah. like socially, like <laughs> yeah. sports wise, because they really just want you in America, I guess,
0: to like, if you well want to rounded. Sing, is yeah, well-rounded,
1: well you want to be
0: well-rounded because college applications and there was always a reason behind it, but I did everything that I could possibly do I was always so busy I was that kid that had like 10 things in my schedule (laughs)
1: yeah and I think that really had an impact on me because also here I feel like there's a little bit less I mean I know we we talked about this about the freelance thing there are a lot of freelancers here Mm -hmm. but like French kids wanting to stay here and make their own businesses uh, like there was some law that the French president tried to pass a few years ago about freelancers and stuff and trying to encourage people to make their own businesses and the people in school our age like rioted and protested because they were offended that they wouldn't have access to the rich and stuff yeah and I'm like I I grew up knowing that American social security wouldn't be there by the time I was older so I'm not dependent on any kind of retirement, I yeah. mean, obviously I have to look into stock and whatever, Same. but that's a whole other thing, like, yeah. you really just have to take care of yourself in the States, Yeah. and in France, it's like, don't be an individual, don't be inconvenient for me, don't do something wrong, mm-hmm. and it, I found it so disturbing, and the kids are kind of violent to each other, too, at, at certain points, because... They slap each other a lot they and stuff. They slap yeah. each other. I've seen it on the street and stuff. They, like do mean things they say mean things and the teachers sometimes just don't even say anything about those moments they just say about moments when it it affects their job but I'm always like like if I see a little boy hit a little girl I'm like what because it's just normal to them
0: yeah and it makes me wonder like why why is it and then the girl
1: goes oh we're friends it's okay and I'm like Yeah, yeah you are not going to think that when you're older and they're yeah. still doing this, you know? Yeah. And I don't blame the little boy. He's just a little kid. I'm not saying, like, a pa- like it's the patriarchy or whatever, but if I see a little boy hitting another little boy, I think the same thing.
0: Yeah. I'm it's, like, that's not your friend. I've seen that a lot on the streets where they're just playing around and then they, like, slap each other to the point where I hear, it like feet away I think like at least 100 feet away or something like that yeah and you know like 100 100 meters away 100 meters away (laughs) throw back to another episode (laughs) but yeah yeah, I think
1: it's just it's really sad when you were growing up in Hawaii and you were
0: a kid how was it making friends with people Mm. this is an interesting topic because uh I like mm, how do I say this There's not a lot of white blonde people, (laughs) at least in the school that I went to. Mm -hmm. So I was the only white blonde girl out of 75 people that we were the graduating class. Actually, we were the first one at this private school, RIP St. Francis, because St. Francis was the name of my school and it actually closed down since I think like a few years after we graduated, actually. But Uh uh, we were the first graduating class with uh, mixed. We had boys and girls oh it used to be all-girls school <laughs> oh yeah so it was catholic right? yeah exactly uh so definitely a lot of things okay so being the first boys and girls graduating class there was a lot of drama with all of that like not a lot of boys were there yet so mm-hmm. I think girls were like extremely catty in that way uh there was a lot of like because I looked a certain way or didn't fit the mold. I think, like, people shut you out in that way a little bit. Oh. So, yeah, definitely a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But I found, like, the right group of people that didn't really care about that kind of stuff. So it was all okay with that. But, that was cool. Yeah, it's just, it's very different than what I hear from mainland America, mm-hmm. which is, we call you guys the mainland. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, it's just, it's interesting because... Yeah, it's just completely different. We had a very different mindset, I think, too, of... If you're having a bad day, let's go to the beach kind of situation and just That's talk cool. about things. And it was still a lot of pressure because you wanted to get off the island. That was, like, the whole thing. If you if you wanted to stay versus if you wanted to go. There were two types of people in, in school and childhood and stuff. And I since I was really little, I wanted to leave the island and I wanted to figure out a way to leave the island. And my dad didn't agree with that. He was always like, no, let's try and go to this school. And it was like right next door. I'd be like, no. (laughs) (laughs) So I think island fever is a real thing. We call it that. Like if you want to go and expand yourself though, it's so hard to think that you can do that when you're from this little tiny island. I guess it's the same if you're from a little tiny town. That's kind of the same mentality. Like, can I actually make it out there? Am I going to seem as big as I know that I can be? So there's all those, like, pressures from that as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think because my dad was, like, he's British, so Mm -hmm. I, and he was always, whatever I thought was going on in my small little town and the States and how great America was, he would always be behind me being, like... (laughs) You guys sound funny. You guys, like, like you know, in England, we think this. And mm. hi- your history is told because you guys won this, but this is how English people view this. Or Love that like, he said that. George Washington was a terrorist. So yeah, like, Because my school was telling me, like, oh, yeah. George Washington, first president ever, greatest guy ever. And my dad was like, yep, nope. You know, like I have millions of years of history on you, you know, like not I'm making it sound like kind of a bullying thing, but it was more of a joke thing. Like he was probably in awe that his kid was American because he probably never expected that to happen, but it did. So it was kind of funny growing up. With different cultures in my own household, and I love that. I never thought, I never actually thought that I would get stuck in the small town I grew up in, because it was so so small, and we had New York right in our backyard. That's and so nice. I more thought that I would grow up and just move to Manhattan. Yeah, and I that's, you that's that. what I expected <laughs> would happen. And then yeah. when I got older, I was like, you know, I was born here. I'm not gonna live here as an adult. I don't want to die where I was born. Like yeah. no, I'm not. Change gonna. it up. Yeah, I'm going to go somewhere else. And then I came to Paris, which actually is really similar to New York. So I realized it's not that adventurous to be here. That's step one. (laughs) Step one. And um, (laughs) making friends, though, because I thought this was interesting as a kid and also as an only child kid, because I felt like. I, di- I always tried to break away from the mold of being, like, the stereotype of being the only child that was weird, introverted, alone, n- having no friends, nowhere to sleep over on a Friday night. Like, mm-hmm. that's how I knew that I had a good social standing, is if I had a sleepover every Friday. It's kind of weird, but no, that's so. how I was. And um, so I was actively, like... Trying, cause I and I never had an issue making friends. Luckily, like, but I did think about it before and try to notice a pattern so that I could do it better because I wanted to be more popular. Mm-hmm. I guess when it came to middle school, I popularity was, like, was a big thing with our yeah. generation for sure too. Yeah, for sure, because I think Disney Channel also kind of yeah. affected that. So was, popular kids. <laughs> yeah, so I was trying to analyze like what that was, and I would go to camp every summer, and I noticed that. Like the kids who were over eager to like meet everyone in the waiting room for before we got our cabin numbers and would make friends with everyone in the room or try to, the kids would be too shy. They'd be like new, they'd be waiting for their cabin number. So it just didn't like my mom would be like, why aren't you talking to anyone in the room? And I'd be like, because it doesn't matter yet. I don't know if they're in my cabin. And Mm -hmm. so I would wait. I would always wait until I was, like, stuck in a situation with someone. And then we would become the best of friends. That's funny. And I kind of thought, like, this makes sense. I think this is the New Yorker way. I think this is what, like, New Yorker people do. It's like logic. Yeah, (laughs) and I think it has to do with um how french people make friends as
0: well yeah because they protect their energy as you told me yeah earlier. uh someone it was an influencer that had lived in paris for a little bit said that so she got she got a lot of comments from people saying well isn't france like aren't they rude Aren't they really mean there which i got that a lot when i said i was moving here and she said they're not rude or mean. It's just that they're really conscious of the energy that they're giving to other people. So they don't want just surface level conversation. You know, you're talking to some random person on the street or something that you just met and you're only going to be there for like two minutes or something and then you're moving on with your day. They're probably not going to give a lot of time and effort into that conversation because they want more of that deeper aspect to it and that yeah. I can relate to that's I'm, important
1: honestly that's me like I'm yeah I have that same personality I'm not gonna engage with people randomly mm-hmm. unless it's like they're really nice and where like if I'm traveling I get a lot nicer because I'm not necessarily from there either and I'm down to meet people yeah. But when I'm in my own element and I'm walking somewhere and someone wants to stop me on the street or something I always assume like oh like why you know mm-hmm. like I'm never mm-hmm. gonna like why that's New Yorker energy right there yeah, yeah I just, why like, I do anything to keep on walking like I just yeah. don't want that energy I don't I don't want it I just, yeah I pay a lot of attention to the friendships I have because I don't I don't know if it's an only child thing or plus a New Yorker thing but like I don't want
0: surface level friends yeah no no Especially one wants that because yeah. I'm not
1: drinking anymore. Because like party friends,
0: I was yeah. never into that. Yeah, and that's you know? more service level. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that I, I definitely seek out energy more so than anything. Like, I'd like to talk to random strangers also, and sometimes I I do stop and talk. to It depends on the day. If I'm really high in energy, I still can, and that's mm-hmm. fine. But if I'm low in energy that day, I'll probably react similar to what you said and just be like yeah I have to protect my energy so that's something that I've learned over time which I'm grateful for because when I was little I was always trying to get other people to hang out with me so I wasn't like constantly like at home or something because I basically was an only child as well yeah yeah it was just me and my dad and my brother is like a lot older a lot older so I basically was as well so I think I can relate to that
1: yeah, and I think growing up as an only child, whether you are one or like kind of non- one, kind of <laughs> one, like It helps your imagination because you have to entertain yourself while you're alone so often that I think that also made us want to be actors as well and uh, travelers because we were constantly trying to
0: be somewhere else or imagine another world. Yeah, and just do something interesting to keep me occupied. (laughs) Yeah, I can't tell you how many like times. So I was like a huge Barbie person when I was younger and I had like all these different barbie things accessories like things for the barbie i would take them with me because my dad like took me on his work and stuff like that so i'd have to hang out in his office Mm -hmm. i would create like huge storylines for like these barbies and like (laughs) you know and that just proves like the creative energy man
1: yeah i used to do that i used to have ham tarot i don't know what that is it's little hamsters it's like little so my dad got he ordered on like ebay or something all these little hamsters and they Whoa. have little careers, they have little like, like different but like hamsters. <laughs> sort of. I can show you like a photo maybe, um, and you might recognize it. Probably. But I think people would know what it is from hearing about it. It's this little hamster. Oh! I think I watched that show. Yeah, it was a yeah. show and my dad got me like little plastic toys of it Cute. that were this small and they were like rubbery. And, because um, I think they were supposed to be erasers, but yeah. I would make worlds out of these, like, toys, and I did that
0: ever since I was born, like, in my basement. That was, like, my pastime. Yeah. Do you think it's interesting that we had a lot of, like, Asian culture influenced in our childhood? I'm noticing that more and more. I know mm-hmm. I especially did because I am from Hawaii, yeah. which that's, like, the whole island has a lot of that influence. I was but, always told though that
1: any influence I had, because we would go to like Chinese restaurants all the mm-hmm, time. Chinatown. My dad's from England, so they have a lot of Asian influence. And so I did have a lot of Asian influence growing up, but I always knew that it wasn't actually like if I was eating Chinese food, my parents would be like, that's American Chinese food. Yeah. Like you need to go to China to actually
0: experience it. Like, because PF Chang is not Chinese food, everyone. Yeah. Yes, disclaimer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, my parents always encouraged me to go out and try the yeah, real thing that's good what about like shows though because i remember like hi hi puffy Power powerpuff girls was created by uh um, some sort of asian influence i remember but i don't is remember it powder the name.
1: puff girls or power puff? power puff power power okay. puff yeah i never really watched that but i always thought oh. it was powder puff that's funny <laughs> so people have always made fun of me for that if i powder that that's what i always forget which one it is so continuously get made fun of
0: and like a uh, bullies shout out to you. I'm oh just, my gosh! I'm, I'm, no, I'm no totally you don't get a shout out here. <laughs> no bullies.
1: So B, what's the Indonesian
0: word of the day? Not not Polynesian, Indonesian. Indonesian. <laughs> yes. I said Indonesian. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, so the Indonesian word of the day is Kenna Kenna Ken meaning childlike and it's spelled K-E-N-A-K-E-N-A-K-A-N just felt like I had to say that in case I'm butchering it but yeah so I really like that it's it's like they have a specific word for childlike which is really cool what are you looking at I'm
1: I'm looking at the word I'm like (laughs) okay I
0: was like no Kenna Kenna Ken but there's an O where what are you looking at? C-O-N. Like, when you spelt out how to well, say yeah. it. No, I know, but I think you said O when that's an A, though. <laughs> I can't see anything. It's all A's. There's I'm no lying. O's. That's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the Indonesian word of the day. What is the, what is the French word of the day And ads? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> We're the, going crazy over here. The French word of the day is... Enfance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, childhood is Enfance. what that means. And um, because enfant is child. Like, you can Enfance. be like... Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, which That's I think we got is weird. Because yeah.
1: infant is a baby. And then enfant, yeah. enfant <laughs> is like an eight-year-old or something. Hmm. But, um, and then also I thought it was interesting because when French people talk about like how they want to raise their kids or how they were raised, yeah. they say like education, like educate. Mm -hmm. Like, education, like, how they were educated. Whereas in America, we say, oh, that's not how I was raised, or that's not how I was brought up. Mm, So they don't say, they don't have a word for that. So I'm very focused on education here, Mm -hmm. Um, and school being part of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, guys, stay tuned for our next episode where we talk about authentic travel versus, like, the influencer or touristy travel. Whatever you do, make it fire.